Welcome to the IWT Commercial Podcast, brought to you by Selenis, providing tools to build your expertise and provide customer value. In this episode, you're going to hear about auditing your accounts as though your competitor would. What are the things to look for, and how can you find those pitfalls that they would surely understand and discuss with your customer? Let's talk about auditing your account just as your competitor might. You know, we've all been there. We walk into an account with a purpose. We're ready to take our samples, ready to go in there and take a look at the systems, inventories, tackle the issues, talk to somebody, and then write a report. But what we're not really seeing are those things that your competitor is sure to find and will point out whenever they have the opportunity to meet with your customer. So I'm gonna give you five things that you can consider and I'm gonna take cooling as an example. And then you can repeat these things for other systems that you have within your, your, your customer account. So the first thing is evaluate your program seasonally. Now this is really important for cooling systems because we have some variation when it comes to water sources as well as water source variation during the seasons. For instance, if you have a drought, you might have really concentrated conductivity, higher conductivity, calcium levels, um, and other ions Whereas during a rainy season, you might have lower concentrations or some dilution effect. So it's important to make sure that we understand that our cooling program is not static. It is not always a feed rate of 100 ppm, but it might be 80 ppm during the rainy season and 120 to 140 ppm of a product when you need higher levels of polymer as that water becomes more concentrated. So it's a good idea to grab seasonal samples, send them to the lab, run your cooling water calculator, and from there determine whether you've got the right program, the right product, if you're adhering to the cooling water best practices of addressing all three sides of the cooling water triangle, and if you've got the right products in there. It might be a great opportunity for you to change products to be able to control better or to get better margin out of your account. So if you have any questions, make sure to reach out to the cooling applications team. When you look at a second thing that you can do, you can completely do an audit and a safety audit of your program. It's really easy to overlook some of those things that we see on a day-to-day, so it's a great idea to step back and again, look at it with the eyes of the competitor. Look at the chemical storage area. You know, are you seeing any tripping hazards? Do you have safety showers and eye washes within very close proximity where you could get there, say, within 10 seconds? Are there placards and labels on tanks, pumps, lines, and everything that needs them? Are your reagents um, out of date or expired? Do they need to be replaced? Do you have the current SDSs in place? And are you making sure that your housekeeping and all of those areas are correct? You can conduct a BBSO while you're there. And at the same time, you can also volunteer to be part of your customer's audit team to identify some issues. Some of the biggest wins that we've had for Selenis in this area are by identifying issues that were not even related to our our cooling boiler or wastewater systems. But instead it might have been walking through a threshold where there's a piece of metal at eye level that could potentially cut someone, or there was a bin that had some decomposing product in it that could potentially have burst or blown and then spilled product or injured somebody. So again, take a really close look at what you're doing in your systems. Third, build really healthy relationships at every level within the organization. It's really easy to overlook the fact that many hats can be worn in a facility. But remember, everyone who's there will understand better what happens on a daily basis, especially if you're not there on a daily basis. 
So make time to determine who you should establish relationships with and make the effort to reach out to them because you never know what interesting tidbit of information they might be able to offer. Consider you know, different people within the organization, not only your corporate water doctor and lab manager and technicians, but operations, maintenance and reliability, the admins, and other contractors who might be working on similar equipment for you. The other thing you want to do is make sure that you talk to them on a periodic basis, not just when you need them. Next, get to know your account better than the customer even knows it. And when I say this, you really want to know what their business is about, how they make their product, what are their business drivers. And we've talked about four business drivers within the organization, things like CapEx, you know, your asset protection, OPEX, operational excellence, savings, and then EHS or health, safety, and environmental, and productivity. And remember that business drivers for one individual are going to be very different for others. So somebody might be focusing on the financials while as others are focusing on health, safety, and environmental or the equipment and asset protection. Also, do you know what their pain points are? Where are they limited in their production? Is it related to what you're doing in cooling? And if, if so, do you understand what it would cost them to have a shutdown or a lost, of, lost production for one hour or one day or even longer? And by knowing that, you can use that as justification for pushing projects through. Speaking of projects, do you know what their capital budget is? Are they willing to put some money into spending towards some of the recommendations you made? And even if they're not willing to spend the money, you still need to make those recommendations to, to put on that consultant's hat and make sure that they see you as a consultant. And then what recommendations could you make concerning their process to make them more profitable, to make them safer, to make them more productive, or even to have higher quality of their product. Lastly, make sure you understand all of the things around your cooling system, not only the tower, but also the heat exchangers and your cooling water header. So how many of you, raise your hand, have walked through and walked the lines at your plant or your account? If you raised your hand, congratulations, I'm going to applaud you. But if you didn't, this is a great opportunity for you to really get to know that account intimately. So. I'm going to ask, have you walked the lines? Do you understand where the header is? What heat exchangers are coming off of where? Have you identified those critical heat exchangers? And when you think about critical heat exchangers, think about the three categories of heat exchangers. The first category, or we'll call A, would be those heat exchangers that might shut down the facility. There are no spares, no way to get around it. If you compromise this heat exchanger, you will shut down the plant and cost them quite a bit of money. Second category, or B, might be those heat exchangers that have some type of a spare or process bypass, but might still create a production loss or a rate reduction or a cutback in the way they operate. And then lastly, those C type category heat exchangers are the ones that really don't impact the process and the money, but still, you know, we need to consider. They might have bypasses, they might have alternative heat exchangers or spares. And have you looked at these critical heat exchangers with Hexaval? If you haven't, it's a good opportunity to show value to the customer to really identify where they have their pinch points and help them to address and justify those changes that you might be recommending. And another thing is walk the cooling water header. You want to understand where your heat exchangers are located. Where are the critical ones? Are they the ones that are furthest from the cooling water pumps and might be starved? Are they the ones that are up on the second and third deck, 30 feet in the air, which might have lower head pressure and by that getting less flow? Are there heat exchangers that have shell side cooling or plate and frame that might have a lower velocity? 
are there heat exchangers that might be troublesome because they're in parallel or in series and they're not getting as much flow? Do they have some areas where they've throttled cooling water? And then lastly, think about are there some areas where the cooling water is coming off the bottom of the cooling water header, which could lead to debris issues where you could get dirt, mud, silt, or even chip scale into the heat exchanger and block flow. So these are all important things to consider and something that you should take a look at from time to time. And then again, make those recommendations to do your due diligence of recommending either a hot process bypass back flushing nozzle installation so that they can back flush their heat exchangers, air rumbling or bumping, and from periodic time inspection and cleaning. So I ask you to think about all these things that we just talked about and to consider that you can also repeat this for your boiler systems, wastewater and industrial process accounts. As always, reach out to applications if somebody can help you and you can visit the IWT Technical Training Resources SharePoint site for any information and templates on best practices. Take a proactive approach to your account and you can ensure that your customer is going to be happy and that you will be successfully seen as a technical resource and expert. Happy selling! Thank you for listening to the commercial podcast. We hope that you found the information useful. If you need additional information, be sure to visit the IWT Technical Training Resources site.